Hey, before we get started, if you are ready to pass your exams and become a licensed architect, you're going to want to listen to this. We are revolutionizing architectural education. It is my goal and mission to help as many people as possible become licensed architects while still maintaining their happiness. So introducing the architecture of play. This is our secret podcast series that will transform the way you study and prep for your ARE. Imagine having a happy work-life balance while also pursuing your dream of becoming a licensed architect. I promise you, it is possible. Our seven-episode private podcast gives you exclusive access to the secrets that can make this dream a reality. Remember, the more fun you have, the more likely you are to pass your exams and become a licensed architect. Start listening today at dci.beyoungdesign.com slash secret podcast. Don't miss out. This is going to transform your exam prep and help you enjoy the process of becoming a licensed architect. All right, enjoy the episode. Hey everyone, welcome to Design, Create, Inspire with me, Bryn Young. Today I want to talk about two iconic buildings in Chicago and show you why details in architecture are so important and what you need to know as an architect or if you're taking your architecture exams so you don't make these same mistakes. Also, if you just love architecture or cool buildings, then stick around and I'm going to show you some cool architecture and also uh, some issues with some of the most famous buildings that we know. All right, let's get going. Hey everyone, welcome back to Design, Create, Inspire with me, Bryn Young. If this is your first time with me, hello, welcome. I talk all about architecture and all those good things. If you are new, make sure you subscribe and so you can join us each week. Today, I want to talk about two iconic buildings in Chicago. Now, I have never been to Chicago. I need to go. And I came up with this concept for this episode because recently I asked people over on Instagram, Be Young Design, go check it out, what their favorite pieces of architecture were. And one that came up was one that stuck out to me for a very important reason. And it's something that I learned when I was studying for the exams and something that is a uh, big case study and crucial for your exams. So, and also just for architecture. So the two buildings I want to talk about are Marina City and the Aqua Tower. And first I'm going to really dive into the Aqua Tower and then I'm going to go into Marina City. But when I posted a photo and I asked people, hey, if you're studying for the architecture exams, what's wrong with this building or what are the issues with this building? It's such a famous piece of architecture. What are the issues? And nobody Actually, one person, one person came up with what the issue was. And so I thought, okay, this is perfect. Let's go on. Let's make an episode to talk about what these key issues are, why it's so critical. Also, just remembering it for your exams by watching something like this, where you can kind of hear about the building and what the issue is, is really important. It's also something that as an architect, it's kind of tough. Like you have to really think through the details when you are designing a building. 
so you don't have a situation like this. And details are so critical as an architect. And when you're just starting out in an architecture firm and you're going through details, believe me, I know this because I was the same. I was like, okay, let's add on the standard details, but I didn't really understand what I was looking at. I didn't understand like what exactly, I mean, you know, I knew one was wood, I knew insulation, of course I was calling it out, but I didn't really understand the reason behind where things went and why they were so critical. And this is why I really appreciated going through the architecture exams and why I tell people going through these exams is going to make you a better architect because you start to really understand the reasoning why we do things the way we do and the science behind it. And so I felt so much more confident in my detailing once I went through the exams. And also it allowed me to get a little bit more creative with my details. I'm going to start making some more episodes about details because I think that they can be so critical and important. And if you're studying, they can be really helpful. But also, once you can get more comfortable with details, you can get more creative with your designs because you have more flexibility. You're not just necessarily using a standard detail. So I'm going to say uh, real quick, if you are listening to this on the podcast, I'm going to make sure I link the blog below. And so you can see any of the images that we share. So you can follow along there. Or if you want to go double check later, you can see what the buildings are, what the different details are that I'm talking about. Let's just dive into it. So first, I want to talk about the Aqua Tower. The Aqua Tower is a beautiful piece of architecture, beautiful subjective, but it's a famous piece of architecture in Chicago. And it was developed and brought to the world as this kind of sustainable icon. And it was completed in 2009 by Studio Gang Architects, and they did it in combination with Lowenberg and Associates. I think Lowenberg was the architect of record. It's has this undulating concrete form and balconies and just this really kind of curvy, sexy layout, right? I like that it feels organic. It's not, um, you know, so structured. And it was really designed as this kind of sustainable new concept. Well, the reason why we learn about it in the ARES is because there's something very wrong with the tiny little detail that makes it not efficient at all. And if you know what this detail is, I mean, I'm gonna tell you and I would love for you to comment down below, did you know what this detail was? Okay, so one of the most iconic parts of this building is the flat plate concrete floor systems that run seamlessly from the interior to the exterior. And this is really beautiful and seamless and it creates this uh, balcony system that is not only beautiful in form, but it's also useful. And so this was a really big part of the program for this building. But this is also the part of the building that makes it the most inefficient. And that is because of what we call thermal bridging. So. Thermal bridging is very critical to understand going through your exams and as an architect. And essentially, the easiest way to think about it is you have a a temperature on the exterior and a temperature on the interior. Now, ideally, what we want to do is create this wall system, the system in between that acts as a barrier 
to make sure that the inside comfort stays regulated. So when it's cold outside, it's still nice inside. When it's hot outside, it's still nice inside, right? And we can do this all sorts of ways. There's passive ways that we can do this, but essentially it really comes down to a proper system in order to regulate that temperature. And so you're not just heating up the interior. And, you know, there's a lot of traditional ways that we can do this, and I'm not going to go into specific wall systems and and floor systems in order to do this, but what I want to talk about specifically is this concept of thermal bridging. And so one of the main ways that we can create this barrier is through insulation. And so if you have insulation running through the entire system, the whole exterior system that is protecting from the outside, then you have a break. Now, insulation can come in all sorts of forms. It doesn't necessarily have to be just, you know, the traditional insulation. This can also happen with air gaps and air breaks. For example, windows. Windows technically, we don't call them thermal breaks. That's a whole nother topic. But technically, a window system has an air gap in between, and that's supposed to help regulate the temperature. So as the, say you're in a really hot area, the outside glass, when you touch it, is going to be hot. But it doesn't mean that the inside is necessarily going to be hot because you have an air gap where the temperature can go into and it can release before it goes over to the next side. There's so many details we can go into, but you know, what is filled in that air gap, whether it's a gas or or just air, that's a whole nother thing. But essentially just know that even with windows, there are systems in place in order to protect against that thermal bridging, that thermal bridging from one space to the next. If you look at a window detail, there's like tiny little insulation breaks in the frame in order to prevent the temperature just going straight through the metal. So this is why it's so important because if you have a singular material, then the temperature is just gonna run right through that. And so we need to be able to break that material somehow with an air gap, with insulation, with something to break that temperature flow in order to have the interior separate from the exterior. Okay, so I hope that that makes sense. I can elaborate way more, but I also don't want to get too technical. If you're studying for your exams, you can go into, I actually have it right here. This is heating, cooling, and lighting on page five, I think it's 505 is when it starts, 505, 506. They talk all about thermal bridging. So you can go check it out there and read a little bit more and it specifically talks about balconies and how you can properly detail balconies so that you're not creating this issue. I keep all my architecture books, by the way, that I use to study for my exams because I reference them sometimes for work. So I know I see a lot of times people, they finish their exams and they sell all their books. I have quite a few that I keep and I do reference. So why balconies? A balcony, essentially, if you think about it, a wall system, yes, you're going to have the temperature, but a balcony sitting out there like, sun, come heat me up, and it's just sitting out there, it's going to take in all of that heat into its mass, and then it's gonna transfer right inside to the floor system. So what we wanna do is we wanna make sure that we are designing it properly so there's a break so that you're not having the inside floor system as hot as the exterior. Okay, so let's go back to the aqua tower. The aqua tower has this concrete system that seamlessly goes inside and outside. It's beautiful. 
then you have this nice big glass opening glass door. The issue is that when they detailed this floor system, there's no break in the system. So the concrete literally goes from interior to exterior. And so these flanges, these balconies that are outside literally act as heat absorbers or even cold um, temperature really absorbers and then just transfer it straight into the interior. So when it's hot outside, it's hot inside. When it's cold outside, it's cold inside because there's nothing breaking that barrier. Now, there's ways that you can get that same aesthetic. There's ways that they could have detailed it that may have brought up the cost like a tiny bit, but it would have been way worth it. One way that they could have done it is they could have designed inside right along that exterior wall system. They could have put in like a foam insulation, the EPS insulation, just like this tiny little, you know, if you think of you have your, your concrete floor balcony system, you have your inside concrete system, and right here they could have done a little insulation to break that gap so that the temperature comes here and it stops itself before it's transferring right inside. And this is a common uh, detail that you can do, so it's definitely possible. The thing with insulation, when you wanna include it in something like this in order to create that break, you need it to be continuous, right? Because as soon as you stop that, then the heat is gonna find that connection, that barrier, and just go inside. So you do want it to essentially be continuous. But because they didn't do this, they, they designed the sustainable building that ended up really being a case study for what not to do. A case study for this is what thermal bridging is. This is how detrimental it can be to the comfort of a space if you don't properly detail it. And I mean, it is a beautiful building, but it's sad that now it's known really in the architecture wor world for that. So it's a good example though for that, that we can learn from and we can figure out when we're detailing. So when you're looking at a detail, I always like to, and this is helpful for your exams because if they give you a detail and they're either asking where the thermal break is or where it should be, or if you're having to place insulation, you always want, again, it to be continuous where if you just think of it, okay, there's a blizzard outside and I'm looking at this wall system and I do not want it to be cold inside because I have my heater on at 70 degrees, right? Okay, well, if there's a spot in that wall system or floor system where there is not insulation, where uh, say wood is up against wood or metal is up against metal, then you can just think, okay, well, that's gonna be a gap where that temperature is gonna come right through. We see this actually on roofs. If it is really cold in the, uh, like nighttime, and you wake up in the morning and you look outside and you see roofs that have patchy snow or ice, maybe it's not full snow because then it might just be covered, but let's say ice. And you can almost see these like patterns of ice. Usually that's because there's a thermal break that's happening where you likely have the roof rafters right up against the sheathing, the plywood sheathing, and then you have the exterior roof finish. And so you don't have insulation breaking that up. And so you have this wood against wood against outside. And so if you think about it, if it's freezing outside, 
inside at 70, let's just say. Well, that heat is now transferring through the wood, through the sheathing, and it's melting, it's physically melting that ice on the roof system. And so you'll look at it and there'll be other areas where the insulation is. And so there's nothing melting that ice and you'll see patches of ice where the insulation is. And that's a good example of that thermal break. So when we're designing healthy buildings, more sustainable buildings, The goal is to create these airtight systems in order to prevent the infiltration of different temperatures or the exfiltration, I don't know, is that a word, of different temperatures. And it's ironic because now we're also having to design for this tight system because having just a really tight building enclosure actually isn't like the most healthy. You want to have proper airflow. You want your building to breathe Um, we're in here breathing. We need to make sure our building is breathing. And so because now we are designing such airtight buildings, continuous fans are used now to actually have the building be breathing. It's funny. I don't know. It's always one thing, one thing or another. And anyways, that's a whole nother topic too. I feel like I could segue into like 10 different topics, but I don't want this to be too long. The main thing I want you to know is thermal bridging and how these concrete flanges, balconies, that create these almost like fins, absorb that heat and transfer it right inside. So how does this have anything to do with Marina City? When someone commented Marina City, I you know went and I looked at some more photos of it. To me, it's the exact same issue potentially that is happening with Aqua Tower. And when I went and I did a little bit of a deeper dive, I could not find a detail for the floor system. But if you um, can imagine the uh, Marina City, they're almost like those corn cobs, corn on the cob buildings with the uh, concrete balcony. So every single uh, room has a balcony, which is really amazing. And it creates that kind of corn on the cob like structure. So when I look at that, I'm envisioning, okay, that's the exact same system. That's the exact same issue because they, and when I look at a floor plan, they have a really beautiful continuous system that runs from the inside to the outside. But when I tried to research Marina City thermal bridging, I couldn't find anything. And when I could find interior photos of apartments, it looked like there was a little bit of a step up onto the balcony, which aesthetically and detail-wise, not beautiful. Like it is so much more beautiful to have it be seamless. But I am curious if they had planned for this in a way and had created some sort of insulation or a way to discontinue the floor system in order to create that thermal break. So I am very curious If you know, please let me know. Or if you want to go do a little research on your own, I am so curious if this was taken care of or if it has the same issues as the Aqua Tower. And I'm extra curious too because the Marina City buildings were designed in 1959. And they're known for a lot of um, cutting edge kind of... um, cutting edge building, but more so the program of the building. It's kind of like a little city and that was cutting edge, but it's not really known for being like a 
cutting edge, sustainable building or anything like that. And again, it was designed 50 years before the Aqua Tower. So I'm curious if because it created, did it create a discontinuous system, making it actually more sustainable or does it have issues with thermal comfort? So if you've been to this building, please let me know. Or if you have any insights, I am so curious to know. And uh, yeah, I think that it's just so important to understand details as an architect. And this is exactly why we have to study this for our exams so that we can understand it while we're designing and we can hopefully make more comfortable buildings that are both beautiful, but also feel really good to live in. All right, that's pretty much it. I am gonna come out with a couple more detail videos. So if details are something that are interesting to you, if you wanna learn more about them, then let me know. I wanna know what type of details you wanna learn more about, if there are any specifics. I am going to have another video next week talking about ceiling systems, roof systems, and insulation and ventilation, which sounds so boring, but when I was designing the wing house, I had to do a deep dive to make sure I was designing a proper roof system so that I wasn't dealing with water infiltration, mold, and it was really pretty too. So there's a lot of interesting details about that. And also now that I've done it, I think there's a few things I would make, I would do differently next time too. And so I'm going to tell you a little bit about that. So stay tuned for next week. But in the meantime, if you're done with this one and you want to dive in a little bit deeper, you can go check out this next video. All right, have a beautiful day. I will see you next week.